Amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. My name's Tyler Hardy. I'm the lead pastor here at Antioch. And you know, just as we were praying for Engage the Islands, um, I want to let you guys know that actually about 30 minutes ago, they're 12 hours ahead of us, 30 minutes ago, they actually just did a commissioning of all the interns and all the base leaders that are all, all these 15 locations all over Southeast Asia. They just finished a commissioning about 30 minutes ago where literally they were laying hands on each other, sending each other out, and they said go. And so tomorrow morning, they are waking up and they are getting on their planes and trains and boats, and they're heading to their bases to go start. So pretty exciting, uh, but it is happening. So we're excited to be bringing stories to you over the summer uh, so that you can feel like you're actually part of it too. You can feel engaged with the whole, uh, with the whole endeavor as well. It'd be awesome. Well, um, last week we um, did a message uh, really talking about the Holy Spirit, describing uh, who the Holy Spirit is, and the Bible actually has a lot to say uh, about the Holy Spirit. And so if you missed it, we'd love for you to, 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 to really go back and listen to that on our podcast or on our app. But today we're going to kind of take another step and not just describing him, we're going to talk about who is he, what does he do, right? And so last week was kind of who is the Holy Spirit, this is what does he do, and so um, we're going to be flying through some scriptures today, uh, and so if you want to take notes, take notes, just be, just be ready, all right? Um, if you don't want to take notes, you can just listen to it later, or if you're just that great of a student, just soak it all in, all right? So here we go, we're just going to kick it off right here with Acts chapter 1, verse 8. So if you got a Bible, it may be tough to keep up today, but that's why we had the screens for you. Thank you, technology. All right. Acts 1.8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. Right? Now, Jesus is saying this to his disciples. Right? So Jesus, here he is, appears to them. And then in just a moment after this verse, he's literally about to ascend up to heaven to be sitting at the right hand of God the Father. So Jesus is about to ascend, and his guys are getting nervous, right? But he says, hey, I want you guys to wait because you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When you do receive that power, that's your cue to get on the horse and go, right? Like That's your cue to start because I'm, kind of, I'm going to be kind of giving you a bit of the shooting of the gun starting line to go, and the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to know it's not going to be confusing, right? It's not going to be confusing at all, because when you start a race and they shoot that gun, it's like, pow, like, whoa, that means go. You just instinctively, it means go, right? So what's going to happen here is the disciples are going to have a pretty loud go, go off, and they're going to say, okay, he just said we're supposed to go to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. That's kind of like the whole world, just so you know, that's like a very big task. So here we go. We're going to fast forward to Acts chapter 2, right? Verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and, and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in their languages and in, in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So this would be like the gunshot, like the pow, right? Rushing wind, imagine like tornado in your living room. That's kind of wild, but that's kind of what we're told here is actually happening. So this is not a boring scene, right? So if you know anyone's like, man, God's boring, you'd be like, nope, let's read the book of Acts together. And they'll understand it's not boring. The fire comes in the room, and it literally separates, right, in these tongues of fire, which is a very strange thing to picture in our minds, 
Right? Let's all be honest. They'll be like, oh, that's normal. I get that. No, no, that's very strange. And just, you know, God, he has permission to do strange things. Right? Uh, he, he just does. Like, you can say whatever you want, but it's like he can do strange stuff. Right? I'm sure when, like, you know, Moses is there at the, uh, at the Red Sea, like, man, what's going to happen? The Egyptians are coming behind us. These plagues were awesome, but now what? Right? And then it's staff, and then boom, water's like, wow, there's, there's like 100-foot-tall waves on either side of me, and the, and the ground's not even wet. It's dry, and now we're crossing this entire thing to be saved. I mean, that's pretty strange, right? And so God can do strange things. So here he is again. The Holy Spirit shows up, and you know what happens is that the people, these disciples, they were empowered to do something impossible. Because tongues literally came, and in this instance, if you look it up in the Greek, it's actually talking in this moment about languages, different languages. And what happens in the pursuing verses here is that, is that actually the disciples, they didn't go out, and they start speaking about the excellencies of God, the glory of God, the goodness of God. I imagine them kind of calling out his nature and who he is and sharing the gospel of, of Jesus Christ and what he's done, and they're being so loud and crazy about it. The people from the neighborhood, they start coming around. What is going on over there at that, at that house? What is going on in the second story of that building on the corner? These are pretty quiet. These people are crazy. So people start showing up, and they start coming because this is a global city, right? Jerusalem, here they are. And so people start coming from different places, and they speak different languages, right? And so they're coming, and they're thinking, is this guy speaking my language? But this guy doesn't look like me. This guy's not from my country, but he's talking to me about the things of God, and they're hearing this. This is what they call the day of Pentecost. Now, you may be, you may be thinking, hey, Tyler, this, this is starting off real weird, right? I, I don't know if I believe this. You have to say, well, then great. Do you believe the Bible, right? It's not really about, it's, it's, if, you, if you're saying, I believe in the Bible, what you're saying is, hey, this is happening. Um, now, just to give you a small window illustration, I guess, maybe to what was happening. Um, let me just kind of do this. Uh, let's see. Uh, Billy, why don't you stand up? All right, Billy, you ready? All right, here you go. Billy, speak Japanese. See, Billy doesn't even know. That's actually probably Chinese, right? Okay? But come on, Billy. I mean, come on. You're con- that, that's not how it works. I so like, hey, I'm just going to control some sort of thing. The Holy Spirit comes, and in this moment, he's all of a sudden, boom, you can speak these languages. Now, I'm pretty sure you don't see the disciples talking these languages for the next five years. Right? It's like, wait, this like happened. Because God wants to say, guess what? In a moment, I'm going to show up in power, and I'm going to do something to make sure all of you guys know that I'm God. And to make sure all of you guys know this isn't just some head thing or some rules thing, but I'm going to bust into your world, make you feel all really uncomfortable. But then, by the way, just so you know, even though it's such a crazy deal, 3,000 people get saved in this crazy. It's not just like, wow, that's so awesome. God, part of the Red Sea. That person got healed. Wow, there's languages happening. There's strange tongues of fire going around. That's really cool. No, All of that is done to point you back to him to say, whoa, this is who my God is. It's always, everything is meant to point back to who he is, to his nature. Now, why do we want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? Like, why would we want that? Let me give you kind of two clear reasons. Number one, he forms Christ's character in you. He forms Christ's character 
in you. Galatians 5, 22 through 23, a very familiar verse for some of us. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit it is the character of Christ in us on display for the world to see so we can be, as you said in Acts chapter 1, those witnesses that actually witness Jesus, right? Not that we just wear the jewelry or the name tag or the shirt from our Christian camp, but it's like, I don't know what you're wearing, but you look and smell and seem to be really similar to Jesus. That's what we're going for. The number two thing is why we want the Holy, baptism of the Holy Spirit is because he clothes you with Christ's power. He clothes you, just kind of like putting on you, putting on your clothes with Christ's power. John 14, 12, truly, these are the words of Jesus, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Now, that statement corresponds right back to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Greater things can happen, but when? When I go to the Father. What happens when he goes to the Father? The Holy Spirit comes. That's what he's saying. He's not saying just mimic everything I do. He's saying greater things are going to happen when I go and when he comes. That's the transfer of the power. Now let's go on to Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. This is Jesus getting water baptized. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. So in the same span of a couple of minutes here, Jesus is water baptized and then baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus goes to be baptized by John the Baptist, right? And so he, he's there, and, and, and he's, he's modeling, he's demonstrating what needs to happen for his disciples. As he goes under the water, then he comes up, then the heaven is open, right? And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes down in the form of a dove, which last week we talked about. The Holy Spirit is, is uh, in, in, in terms of, um, in the form of a dove would symbolize peace, right? Like peace, that the peace of God. And I just want to say, on the front end, man, God is all about bringing peace to people. You know how he does that? Through forgiveness of sins, through giving you peace over the overwhelming realities of life. It's like only God in my life has truly, bought, has truly brought me a peace that transcends the circumstances and everything else. Like, not eating just a Snickers. Because oh. that piece is pretty momentary. Right? That sugar rush comes and goes. You're like, oh. You know, it's like, no, no, no. He brings a piece that can last. It's not just watching a movie or, or, or a friend telling you something encouraging. That's all nice and good. But the ultimate piece you're going for is the peace of God hitting us, resting on us, saying, oh. Where everybody else is looking at you like strange. Like, man, why are you peaceful? I don't know, because I shouldn't be, but God's making me peaceful. Oh, wow, I want some of that, right? That's what people want. So Jesus, he's then baptized in the Holy Spirit. The dove comes on him, and it's only after that time that we can see in the Scriptures that Jesus began his ministry. 30 years old, right? Doesn't mean you can't start before 30. Everyone's like, hey, what about me? Hey, you can start early. Remember, he said you do greater things. So you can start to ministry at 29 or at 18, or at eight. Isn't that cool? Like, think about that for a second. That is the New Testament realm. Jesus started it, but he's not saying, he's saying, I want you to go above and beyond. 
right? He's not limiting us. He's actually empowering us. That's who he is. So the first 30 years, he didn't heal the sick, cast out demons. He didn't multiply food, turn water into wine, not that we can see. And I just want us to make the connection that is at this moment, when the Holy Spirit comes upon him, is it when everything starts? It's a model, guys. <laughs> What's the model? You can't do things out of your own strength. You can only do it out of his. And by the way, you've actually got to acknowledge that actually you need him to fill you and come upon you now in order to do stuff. Throughout world history, lots of people try to do things in their lives and in Christianity apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, and they just don't work out. They, they, they don't make it in the end. Right? Or there's not the fruit of the Spirit associated with that. It's like they're just gritting their teeth, and it's like, no, there should be joy. There should be peace. There should be something life-giving in that. Ephesians 1, 13-14. This is going to kind of clarify the Holy Spirit here. In whom you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. So look, when you accept Christ in your heart, the Holy Spirit comes in and makes his home in your heart and he seals you for salvation. Everybody say, seal you for salvation. He seals you. It's like he stamps you. Hey, that one is mine. You can dye your hair, but he's not confused. Right? You can go pasty in the winter to tan. You can change your clothing. You can change where you live. You're any, but guess what? You are sealed. He's like, uh-uh, I don't care. I'm actually not. You can't, I know who you are. You are son or daughter of the most high king. I've sealed you for the day of redemption. You're mine. He seals you for salvation. That's the Holy Spirit. That's step one. He seals you. But then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which empowers you for service. He seals you for salvation, and he empowers you for service. Now, seals you for salvation that we can see scripturally is a one-time experience. You don't have to get, like, resealed. It's like, no, I was saved. He came in. He sealed me. My name's written in the, in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm ready to roll. Heaven's my future home. Let's go. My, my, my salvation is secure. My eternity is secure. I'm good. I don't have to fret about that. But then the baptism of the Holy Spirit actually empowers you for service. This is actually many experiences, not just one. That's the difference. The Holy Spirit sealing for salvation is one. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, this is many experiences. Um, let me give you an illustration this way. Uh, in the past, I've done it live up here, but I didn't want to get wet today. So here we go. Um, it like me having um, just a bottle of water. Okay, so imagine a bottle of water. You take a sip. That water, right? That water represents the Holy Spirit. That water, you take a sip, it comes down, it's refreshing, but it's inside of you, it's helping nourish you on the inside, right? So that's sealing you. But then if you take a bucket of water and it gets dumped on you, now you're soaked, right? Like now you're soaked. Now it's the same Holy Spirit, water inside, but now you're soaked in the water. Now you're drenching with it. Everyone can see that on you. And by the way, if you go give somebody a hug once you are drenched in the water, they would get some of it too, wouldn't they? Right? It's like, hey, this, drinking the water bottle, that's good for me. That's sealing me. But what about when I get drenched? Wow, look at me, I'm drenched. What do you do? Go and give someone a hug. 
right? Go and lay hands on someone. Go and give it away. Go get somebody else wet, right? That's the difference. There's a sealing within. There's a coming upon, which then what? Empowers you for service. What kind of service? To serve other people for his glory. That's the kind of service we're talking about. The word baptize in the Greek is baptizo. It means fully submerged or a soaking, drenching. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now let's go back to Acts chapter 2 for a minute. You have this dramatic event that happens, and these disciples and others, they were stumbling around, right? And so people came to them, and they started making fun of them. They're like, hey, you guys are drunk, right? And, um, and you know, I, I just want to make a point. Um, I'm pretty sure that people that were watching what's happening, saying you guys were drunk, weren't really hungry. The other people are like, wow, I'm hearing about the goodness of God in my own language. This is amazing. And you can always discern that in a crowd. The people that are over here, they're just like judging and they're frustrated or they've got past hurt and experiences so they don't want to engage in what's happening. There's something limiting them. It doesn't mean they can't get hungry. It just means in that moment, they're just, they would just rather kind of critique. You know, and just so you know, I've been that person a lot in my life. <laughs> Where I'm like, oh, that's cool. I don't want to be part of that. I'm going to critique that. I'm going to judge. Oh, that's, he missaid that. Hmm. Should be perfect in what he says. I'm not going to listen because I'm perfect, right? Or, wow, I don't fully understand that. And so, mm -mm, I, you guys must be drunk. There must be another explanation here. This can't be God. You must be drunk. They're like, hey, dude, it's like 9 a.m. We just got out of bed an hour ago, started praying, and boom, Pentecost happened. I mean, it didn't have time to get us drunk, even if we were drinking wine in the morning right? But he's like, no, this is, God is doing this. We're being filled. So they're stumbling around. They look a little crazy. They're speaking different languages. And so when you talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you sometimes get some pushback, you know? And just people say, it's not true. It's not real. And do you know how I know that? Because I was one of them. I mean, I was, I was one of them. Let me share a little bit of my, my story here. Um, Ashley and I, we had gotten engaged in January of 2005, and a few months later, um, we were both still in college. Uh, Antioch, Waco, the college ministry, was taking a trip to Juarez, Mexico for their annual spring break trip. And so she had gone for, for years, and I wanted to go, and so we went. I went on this trip, and I was still kind of getting used to kind of Antioch, and I didn't know much about the Holy Spirit, and different things were going on. So there we are. We're engaged, and, um, and we go down there, you know, and I had been listening to some sermons. I'd gone up to Antioch Waco on some Sundays and experienced some different worship settings. It's like, okay, this is different. I've never been in a place people raise their hands. Um, people don't really pray for people at the churches that I used to go to, like not like live in person. You know, they would pray for you later. Um, like there was just different things. They were just different. There were cultural things. I was like, what is it? You know, people were like always saying hi to me and inviting me to things. And I was like, that really wasn't the case, previous Christian church experience. So I had these experiences. Um, and so I go on this trip. And this is a college trip, you know, so college students are a little more wild-eyed, you know, they're just kind of like all over the map, right? You know, you're a college student, or when you were a college student, you're like, yeah, I was just kind of all over the place, you know? And that's what makes it fun, you know? So here we are, we're in Juarez, Mexico, doing this mission trip, and there's these worship sessions, and people are just going for it, and I'm just like, eyes wide, I'm just like, wow, like, what is happening here, you know? I was like, I know God's here, I'm not really sure, I know what's going on, but I know he's around, I know he's in the area, you know? It's kind of how I felt. You know, you're kind of like, I'm not really sure what to do with all this, but like, wow, there's something happening here. 
This is making me, I'm even sweating a little more, and I'm feeling a little like, what is happening, you know? And so here I am on this trip. There's, there's dancing going on. I'm like, you can't dance in worship. I'd never seen that before. I just hadn't read the Bible in this part talking about dancing. But in my experience, it was like, there's no dancing. You're like, jumping? Uh-uh. I mean, A&M football, yes. Church, no, right? Some people were like on their knees. And I was like, I really, I was like, are they hurting? Like, what's, you know, it's like, maybe that lower back? No. They're like on their knees, like, oh, bowing before God. Yeah, these are all biblical things I didn't know about. Um, you know, I mean, pe- some people are like crying, you know, and I'm not a big crier. I'm like, why are you crying? You know, just you should be happy. I mean, God's here. What are you crying about? You know, so I had some issues, okay, working through some stuff, but I knew God was present. I knew things were different. As the week went on, you know, these worship sessions happened. The speakers would speak, and there was just something hitting me every time they were speaking. And one of the speakers started started talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you remember, I shared a little bit of my story last week. I didn't know a whole lot about the Holy Spirit, right? Um, And so we talked about how he's not the junior partner of the Godhead, right? Like, the Holy Spirit's not on JV. Like, he's on varsity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, like, Three and one, all right? And so, and so I didn't really get all that. So here I am, though, listening to this message. And I remember looking at people who were going up front to respond to the message. And they were like, and they were up there, and people start praying for them. And some people just started weeping. Some people started laughing. Some people started even shaking. And I was like, what is going on around here? And I didn't, I really didn't understand it. Some people started speaking in a language I hadn't heard before. And I'm thinking, what is going on? I mean, I was just in for a a worship thing that I understood. But man, something powerful is happening. And I went up and I was like, you know what? God's doing something. I don't fully understand it, but I want it. I want it. And I I feel uncomfortable. Okay, so I like went up. And um, and the, the speaker had talked about tongues. And I was like, I didn't really have any beef with tongues. I just didn't know much about it. I was like, Sure, that sounds awesome. If, if you're saying that's going to help edify and, like, and, and, and help me in my walk with God, I'm in. So I go up, and I'm like, I go to someone, and I probably said, sir, can you pray for me? I don't know what I did. And I was like, hey, so he just talked about tongues. I don't know what to do, but can I have that, or can you pray for that? And So the person right there, they said, hey, you know what? God's going to give you the, the gift of tongues right now. And I said, okay, man. Let's, and I was full of faith. You know, I was like, yes. Was like, okay. So I like, put my hands out. I'm like, hey, I need to receive. That's a good posture, you know? It's like, receive it. All right, man, pray for it. So I'm like, you know, and I'm, I got, I literally have my mouth like half open. I'm like, maybe I'll start saying something and praying and feel really encouraged. I'm like, you know, we get done praying. And I'm like, it's not happening. Hmm. I'm like, okay. He's like, hey, man, you know, and I was like, okay. And so he prayed for me and I didn't speak in tongues or anything. He's like, okay. So like walked away. Five minutes before, I was like, so filled with faith. Then I was like, ah, well, maybe there's like some sin issues in my life. You know, like maybe, maybe God didn't want to do that. (laughs) Maybe like I'm not deserving of that. Maybe just these other people are like, I need to go like on a righteous timeline or something and I need to get there. Um, Maybe that's just not something God wants to give me. And so I thought he's a good father and he likes to give good gifts. I read those passages, but I'm not, I wanted this, and I thought it was from a pure place, but it's not happening. 
And you know, you may be sitting here hearing me say that, and um, that may have happened to you. And I just want to apologize on behalf of every Christian that has done something that has hurt you, that has misspoken, or that has overstepped the bounds, and their attempt and effort to be zealous and ended up hurting you. Can I just say the American church in many ways is hurt by the word charismatic or Pentecostal or Holy Spirit, not because of the Holy Spirit. I've actually never met someone that's like, wow, the Holy Spirit filled me up and I got healed and all this sort of stuff and I'm so angry at him. <laughs> I, I've never heard of someone in like prayer ministry, I just need to, uh, the Holy Spirit needs to apologize to me. That doesn't happen. What it is is this person did this to me in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Holy Spirit, and now I'm messed up. You need to hear that there's forgiveness that needs to be given to that person because your bitterness and hurt and pain may be hindering you now. And the reality is there are things that God wants to deal with in our own hearts. Part of the process, just because my kids ask me something doesn't mean, I wanna, doesn't mean I give them to them right then. Do I want to? Sure. Is it best for them right now? Maybe not. God's timing is better than yours. So don't think God's withholding from you, keeping from me. Just think, no, God actually knows better. It's like my son would like to have a car tomorrow to drive. Is that a good idea? Hey, he's eight. Man, I'm a good father. Okay, here's a car, buddy. Good luck. <laughs> he, 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 he won't return home. He won't. You know? Like, we have to trust God's nature over our desires. God's nature, he is good and loving, and he is sovereign, and he is a better parent, better friend, better leader than any of us will ever be. It's not even close. But the problem with me is that I took that, and that created offense in me and bitterness, and for the next three years, I had to work through stuff. All because I let some dude say, you're going to get the gift of tongues right now. God wants to give it to you. It didn't happen. But you know what I missed? Is that I actually was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I didn't have the manifestation I had wanted. Manifestation meaning that, that, that expression. Because you know what was a result of that person praying for me? Is I had, just even that week, I had an increase for righteousness. Like I had a desire for holiness. I was more joyful as a person. My love for God increased. My personal times with him in the word came alive even more. My obedience to God increased. My boldness increased. There were things that showed me, wait a second, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I didn't shake, I didn't cry, I didn't laugh, I didn't speak in tongues. Do not be deceived that there has to be a expression. And I understand different preachers, communicators, denominations, Preach different things. But I'm not about to prove to you that expressions come in many forms, and we are almost out of time. Come on. Here we go. All right. So bottom line is forgive the person who hurt you and allow God to heal that place. But it doesn't mean he doesn't want to give you good things. And it doesn't mean he doesn't want you to walk around in the power of Christ or the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants that for every one of you. So just, and there's anything in your heart, at the end of the day, we give you a chance to respond. Anything there, let it go. Let God heal that place. And say, so, Lord, I'm open, no matter what, no matter what the journey looks like. You know, it was three years later in 2008 at World Mandate. I went up at the end of the service, or at the end of one of the sessions, 
and Ashley wasn't there. It was just kind of crazy weekend. She had to be at this sales thing, and so I'm there by myself at World Mandate 2008, um, and, and uh, we're in the midst of, uh, of doing ADS at the time, Antioch Discipleship School. So I go. At the end of a session, I go down the front. I don't know what I was doing. I just went down. To, I just want to worship God. I just started worshiping and praying. And, man, someone came up to me, laid hands on me, and said, hey, I just want to pray for you. They started praying, and it was like the fire of God hit my body. Never felt that in my life. It, it kind of felt like parts of my body were literally like on fire. And I wasn't even asking for like to be set on fire today. God, please heat me up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, you know? But like God knows best. So there I am. I'm worshiping. And <clears throat> what I'd wanted three years prior in a way happened, <clears throat> not with tongues, but actually just God humbling me. So I'm like worshiping, and there's like fire in my body, and then I feel my knees buckle. I'm a pretty strong guy, or at least I think that. And especially in worship, I'm like, I'm not going down. <clears throat> and I'm like, I'm going down. <laughs> you know, it's down. And it's like I physically could not resist going down. That's called the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? I went down to my knees, weeping. I was like, I'm doing what those other people do, <clears throat> you know. I'm weeping. <laughs> Guys, for about 30 minutes, the session ended. Literally, the lights are on. People clearing out for lunch. I'm still in there. There's 10 people left in this auditorium of 5,000. I'm on my face, and I am snotty, and I'm crying. And God is speaking to me all sorts of things, healing my heart. I am. He's speaking about the future, the past, and it's just like, and I got up from that, and I, I, I was never the same. I can't even describe everything that happened. I just know God met me there. Changed my life. When the Holy Spirit comes, it may not be the way you want him to come. But if you're hungry, he wants to meet you. He wants to heal you. And you know what's great about that time is that although he came in fire and power, it really ended with just me resting. Just <laughs> resting. Like, oh, yes, God. I need you in this place. You know, um, Christianity is spreading around the world. Um, I actually just finished listening to a great book. It's called The Church History, Church History, Fourth Edition. It's very long. It's like 20 hours. That's why I listened to it instead of reading it. Um, but I want to encourage you guys that something's happening. There's this new term out there called the Global South. And for uh, you know, centuries, it was known that Christianity was in the West, meaning North America, Europe. That's kind of what it was indicated. Oh, that's where all the Christianity is. And, and I want to share a few stats with you to show that in the last hundred years, there's been a dramatic shift, a shift that actually has, there's not even a close rival to it in all of history uh, to represent the move of God that is happening right now on our planet. And one of the main factors, if you listen to this book, and it's a very just kind of, you know, informative book, he says one of the main factors people are studying researching is saying there's one guiding thing, and that is this, that the gifts of the Spirit are present within every one of these movements. That is actually not a, 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 a theological movement or an ideological. It's actually a Spirit of God-led deal where people are saying moves of God are happening. People are getting saved. 
baptized, set free, healed, delivered, churches are being started, witchcraft's being done away with, healings are happening, towns and, and, and villages are being, they're, they're, there's revival, worship, churches are just emerging all over the place, and they're saying there's one guiding factor, which is Jesus is being preached, and the Spirit of God is coming on people, and then people are walking that out, and they're empowered for service. So in the realm of, 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 of every one of these movements would be labeled kind of charismatic in that sense, okay? Let me give you some stats here. Um, in regards to the, to the global south, this is uh, research done by David Barrett. What he looked at was from 1900 to 2000, where were there kind of Pentecostal or charismatic uh, uh, churches and believers in different regions all over the world, all right? In 1900 in Africa, there was less than 1 million, okay? 1900, less than 1 million. In 2000, 126 million. Uh, in Asia, in 1900, there was zero. They didn't have, like, this is done in millions. So there was less than one million people that were operating in spiritual gifts and there were Christians in, uh, in Asia. And uh, by the year 2000, 135 million. In Europe, in 1900, zero. In Europe, in 2000, 38 million. In uh, Latin America, 1900, there was zero. In 2000, 141 million. In North America, 1900, zero. In North America in 2000, 79 million. In a hundred years. Now what they're saying is that people are being saved, they're being baptized, they're being filled with the Spirit, and they're going about and planting churches all over the place. People are getting transformed. And what's interesting is it's happening like south of the equator. Because a lot of ways in Europe and North America, we're so tied back to an old way of thinking we get so set into our traditions and our ways and denominational splits, and we have so many denominations. I mean, I feel like we have more denominations than, than, than possibly Christians, you know? It's like, it is crazy. But it's like, that was never God's heart for us to all be divided over some theological, it's like, no, Jesus is king, the spirit of God's gonna come upon us, and we're gonna go and change the world. That's, that's the answer, right? That's what the world needs. God is moving in this world, and I just wanna kind of wrap up with this. My question for us is, do you want it? Like, do you want the Spirit of God to fill you? Do you want all that Jesus has for you? Ephesians 5.18 says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. All they know is that God loves to pour out the Spirit on people who are asking. <laughs> and that idea of being filled is to be filled continually, multiple times. <clears throat> You know, there's lots of ways you can, you can tell, right? You may be asking, well, how, how do you know if you're filled with the Spirit? Like me, I'm thinking, well, something didn't happen the way I wanted it to. Biblically, there's actually a lot of examples of how you can see the Spirit of God manifesting itself or demonstrating itself to people, right? Just like in marriage, hey, I love you, prove it, right? Like there's ways to actually prove and demonstrate your love for your spouse in the context of marriage. In the same way with the Holy Spirit, there are ways to actually demonstrate and show that actually, yes, you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm just gonna run down a list of a few of them, okay? You can write these down. Boldness would be a sign, that there's boldness, Acts 4.31, that boldness would be a sign. Tongues, speaking in tongues would be a sign. Some denominations would say that is the only sign, and that is incorrect biblically. Biblically, it is a sign, just like boldness. That's in Acts chapter 10, verse 44 through 46. Joy, joy is a sign. Just, you're like, wow, you were super depressed? What happened to you? Right, you're just joyful. How did that happen? 
Well, God showed up and met me. Joy, Acts 13, 52. Generosity, just a generous, you can met someone like, oh my gosh, they are just giving everything away. What is happening to them? That's the New Testament church. That's Acts 4, 32 through 33. Prophecy, prophecy, 1 Corinthians 14, 3. Seeing people prophesying again, prophecies for the building up and encouragement. I just want to read this. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. When we're talking about the prophetic or prophecy, it is for the upbuilding encouragement. It is not, it is not, uh, um, oh, doom and gloom. It, it, it is not, hey, we're just going to give you prophetic correction all the time. It's for the upbuilding and encouragement. That is the goal of the prophetic in the New Testament era, which is the era we live in, which means you are to pray and say, God, how can I encourage, build into this person and strengthen them? Supernatural power, Acts 14, 3. Again, Jesus demonstrated this. His disciples demonstrated this. Healings and signs and wonders, things that go beyond our mind, right? We want people to be able to walk into a doctor's office, get prayed for by someone in the waiting room, and then walk out. Save their money and save the time. It's like, wow, I would love for there to not, you know, for us to be a people that are actually seeing this on a weekly basis where the supernatural ways of God are showing up and meeting people. And it's never to gloat about or boast about. It's to say, man, look what God did. Look what God did through me. Yes, I get to be used by him because we're empowered for service. And the last thing I would just share on the evidence of the Holy Spirit or how do you, how can you tell? Is this fruit of the Spirit? Man, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, peace, the whole list. That's God's desire for us. So I want us to stand today as we close. And again, just feel like there's really two responses today. The first one is this. If you've been hurt by a person in the name of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, in the name of God, if someone has done something, either a preacher, someone in this church maybe, someone on the way that you've just said, oh, that just rubbed me the wrong way. Man, I want you to come up and get prayer. I want our prayer teams, come on up here. Our life leaders, sexual leaders, make your way up here if you would. I don't want you to walk out of here with that. If you're willing to let that go, you got to let it go. You may need to forgive someone today, and it may be hard to do that. But holding on to that is not going to do you any good. It's going to continue to hurt you and hinder you and God. If that's happened to you, or you've had confusion, man, just let someone pray for you. Just, can we just pray and break that off your life and move on? That's, that's your one group. The other group in here is just, if you're saying, I want it. You know, Matthew 5, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. I mean, if you are hungering and thirsting for more of God, He's going to fill you. He's going to baptize you in a fresh way today. You may have already been baptized by the Holy Spirit once before or 10 times before. Great, come on, come again. Remember, keep getting dunked because the more you get drenched, the more you can give it away. Remember, the goal of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is not just for you, although is it a benefit for you, yes. But the main goal is actually that you are more powerful in the kingdom to bless and serve and love and to do the things that Jesus did. Like, that's the desire that the Spirit of God is on you. Then you're like, wow, I can really love and serve and encourage and do things I couldn't do in my own strength. That's the desire. So if you're saying, man, I want that. I want to feel like I'm more purposeful and effective at work or my neighborhood or my family. I want to be operating underneath the Spirit of God, not the Spirit of me. Then that's what I want you to come up, all right? So the band's going to play. I want you to come on up. If you're bold enough just to make your way up here, let someone pray for you. Just wait. If you've got to wait, just wait a few minutes. We'll get to you. But if you want more of God, you want to be filled with the Spirit, come on up. And if there's pain, you just want to share it, have someone pray for you, I want you to do that as well, all right? So Jesus, we're asking that you would come right now. Come, Lord, as you said, I will send my Spirit. Lord, we're asking, Holy Spirit, you would come 
and meet with us and change us. We want to be changed. We want to deal with the pain of the past so we can go forward in the future. And God, we want to be filled with your spirit. We do not want to parent from our own strength. We do not want to be married from our own strength. We do not want to go to work from our own strength. We want to, be, we want to go being filled with the spirit's power so that we have confidence and boldness and joy to do the things you've asked us to do. Lord, we thank you. Come, come, we pray in Jesus' name.